Thank you, Simona, for that beautiful um, prayer. So now on to our first praise song, which is The Love of Jesus is So Wonderful. Now, this is again one song that we used to sing in high school. And I really like the song because it was something with action. I hope it is the same um, song that we'll be singing today. It's The Love of Jesus is So Wonderful. It's so high. I can't get over it. It's so low that I can't get under it. So wide that I can't get around it. Oh, wonderful love of Jesus. So let's us all sing together with action, with a happy mind. Our first praise song for today, the love of Jesus is so wonderful. Join me now as we sing the love of Jesus. If you really feel Jesus' love, join me in this next song. The love. The love of Jesus is so wonderful. The love of Jesus is so wonderful. The love of Jesus is so wonderful. Oh, wonderful love. High, it's so, so high. You can't get over it so low. You can't get under it so wide. You can't get around it. Oh, wonderful love. High, it's so, so get over it so low, you can't get under it so wide, you can't get around it, oh wonderful love, sing the love of Jesus, the love of Jesus is so wonderful, the love of Jesus is so wonderful, the love of Jesus is so wonderful, oh wonderful love, high it's so so High school memories back in line again. Okay, so now it's our time for testimonies. Testimonies, as I always say, is a way of you telling or letting other people know how Jesus has worked in your life. And sharing testimony is so important because it not just uh, emphasizes on how you overcame your difficult um, situation, but it's also strengthens others faith in jesus and how he can do miracles to um, get you through difficult situations in life so on to deborah now for our first testimony so good evening as uh, she said i'm i'm deborah and i just want to say a short uh, testimony of how i got my house that i'm now in so at the beginning of july um i was I was in the student accommodation uh, doing my placement and I wanted a house for the following year. So my request for my prayer to, to God was like, God, I really don't want a fancy place or somewhere. I just want to be with some, some people that, have peace, that I will have peace and I will be able to worship you really well. So I started to do my research and everything. 
and uh, I was contacted I was contacted with a girl and I was saying do you want to share this house with me and she was like yeah yeah we'll get this house together and it's fine from university that I knew and I was constantly play, praying as I was searching for the house so I got the house and everything and we were about to sign everything and the day before the girl the girl said to me I don't want anymore. The day before getting the keys, the girl said to me, I don't want the house anymore. So now I am in uh, almost the ending of August, uh, trying to get the house. And this girl said, I don't want anymore. So I lost all my money under the house and they didn't give me the house. So I did, now I find myself, I'm like, I was all right. Because what I was praying for was like, give me people that I can have peace with. So you pray and you get what you ask for. So I was like without house and trying to search. And my contract in the house that I was in was finishing. So I had to go back to, to my mom's house. And so I went back to Wolverhampton that is nowhere near to Chelmsford. So I was like, how can I search a house in Chelmsford where I don't have a house and, and I am in Wolverhampton. So I knew these uh, other girls that I met in first year and I was contacting with them and saying, I, uh, they, were t they contacted me saying, now uh, we are still searching a house so we can search it together. So when they say so, I was like, fine, I will search online the house that I think uh, we can do. We, we, can, we, can, we can try and, and apply for and see. But now uh, I needed to start a lesson on um, on the 21st and uh, on the 18th and we have yet not to find a house like we reach around the, that week I would say the 15th of September and no house there so I was like I'm not gonna be able to attend my my only practical lesson because <laughs> in one week how can you get the house it's impossible because the process is almost one month for them to check everything but uh, the girl were like, I went to see a house and they say that they're going to give it to us. So just sent, in, sent, sent your documents there and we will see. And I remember that I prayed to God and I said to God, look, God, I need the house before the 21st of September. <laughs> I really need it because I cannot lose the, 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 the lesson. I was there and the course leader sent a message saying, oh, the 21st, the, the lesson on the 21st has been canceled. And I was like, that doesn't matter to me because I still don't have a house. And it's been moved to the 25th of September. And I was like, that doesn't matter to me because I still don't have a house. But God was already moving. So on the 18th, the, uh, we got, we basically, they said that they accept our documents and they gave me the house. And within that, uh, that uh, week, I was able to do all my stuff and uh, come to Chelmsford and get to get the keys. And on the 21st, I was able to attend the, the lesson, which with this Corona, if you don't attend the lesson, you're not going to be able to repeat it. So I was like, how God work in such a short period? There is no way that that it wasn't God, you know, because it was before the 21st, that as I asked, and it was such an assault. In one week, they just accept our documents. And I was like, I'm not even in Chelmsford and you gave me a house. So what I want to say that try God because he will do, he will do for you. And also be patient 
because if you ask for peace, he will give you the peace that you want for your next year. He will give you the house that you want. The, the house that I have now is more than an, that, that, what I was expecting. And this is just because, because of God, how we work in our life. So I just want to encourage you in every difficulty that you want, just go in prayer and wait for God because he will come in his time so and I'm, he will fulfill all the requests that you ask. Thank you, um, Deborah, for that beautiful testimony. I think I can testify in my situation as, as well. Uh, similar situations has happened where you pray to God and it does not work in your timing, but everything works out eventually, but according to God's timing. So in a lot of circumstances, in a lot of cases, I have witnessed the same thing because when it doesn't work at first, you get disappointed thinking, why God, I prayed for it. Why did it go wrong? And then it's only after a few days, after a few months that you actually look back and see, ah, this is why this happened. This is why God kind of like avoided that track for you. So yes, amen to that. And thank God that you found a suitable house with suitable people. Now on to our next set of testimony by Anthony. So on to our next testimony session. Yes, uh, hi guys, uh, I'm Anthony. And yeah, so my, my testimony apparently is, uh, is almost similar to, to Deborah's because it's all about uh, God's timing and you thinking that uh, your timing is, you know, or things should be done according to your timing, but you know, God's timing is always the best. So yeah, so this is something that happened in work. Uh, so when uh, when I when I came uh, to the place that I'm working at the moment, uh, I wanted to I wanted to pursue a course in um, in air, aircraft technician or like in aircraft in engineering. But uh, the ones that the course that I got uh, was something to do with vehicle engineering. So yeah, so uh, apparently how how the process works is that uh, if you want to change trade, you you go through a process for for them to allow you to change from. A certain course to, to another course so so yeah so I, I really uh, play, uh, prayed about it uh, you know uh, asking God you know what this is what I want to do you know this is where my heart is this uh, what um, you know I'm looking forward to doing this you know this is the course that I really want to do but um, so when I, when I went to work and I, I you know I, I requested for my transfer from the course that I was in to, to the next one every time I went through the chain of command the guys are were like you know you know what there's no spaces we can't allow you to do anything at the moment because um, uh, the course is that the course that you're looking at apparently is full so yeah so to some extent I was like oh come on but um, apparently uh, someone said to me that uh, the, the only way that you, you can get things moving is by going to uh, to talk to the, you know to the boss the guy that's in charge with the transfers but for you to get there, you needed to like uh, use a chain of command. That means you start uh, talking to uh, to the guys in charge of your in charge of your section. So you know, so the guy can now pass the information up, up, up till it gets to the to the big guy. But most of the time, you find that uh, when you deliver information to to this uh, section commanders, most, most, most of the time the information just dies out. They don't do anything about it because obviously they don't want to see you getting up there. So, yeah, so I really pray about it and I was like, oh man, you know, I really need to do this. I need to have that meeting. So every time I went to them, they were like, you know what, uh, at the moment there's no spaces. Every time I went to them, they were like, oh, you know, the, the boss is not around, so you can see him. 
every time I requested for a chance to see the boss, uh, the boss not there, you can't see him. So I was like, oh man, oh, he's like, is, 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 is this actually happening? You know, or is God trying to tell me, you know what, at the moment you can't do this course because, you know, uh, you know, maybe that you, you know, you, at the moment you can't do it or, you know, it's not the right time for you to do it. So uh, I was just thinking and I was like, oh, you know what, uh, coming about because every time you're coming here asking for the same thing we are telling you the same thing so you know it's about time that you know you start getting things that you know this thing is not happening oh i was like oh okay maybe i pushed it too much so i just left and i was like no i'm not asking about this anymore but uh, as i was walking you know uh, uh, as i was walking around one time uh, the boss uh, apparently met me i think it was a coincidence because i think we met on a doorway and i think he just noticed something about me and he was like, oh, uh, is, is, uh, what's your name? Oh, is, oh man, I've seen you around. Uh, so like we just had a, a bit of a chat with him. And, you know, that was the opportunity I was looking for. I was looking for the opportunity to uh, have a one-on-one -on -one with him, which I didn't get because when I used the normal process to get to him, you know, uh, guys were like, oh, you know what, you can do it. You can do it. But, you know, here he is. God has just, you know, presented him to me you know now i'm here i'm having a one-on-one -on -one with him so like that was like you know to me that was a miracle so uh yeah so i had uh, a sit down with him you know we had a chat about it and you know uh, to my surprise the guy was even surprised to hear that you know that all all, uh, all this time he hasn't heard of anything about my request he hasn't heard anything about my application for me to change the trade and my you know to him he was surprised but you know, the point here is that, as, as, you know, when, when, when you're at that point that you're almost giving up, when you're like, ah, you know, uh, me, I'm done with this. That's when God comes in and, you know, he comes in very miraculous way. I didn't know I was going to meet this guy, but I just met him on the doorway. You know, ah, how amazing is that? You know, you've been trying or, you know, you're even, uh, you were, I was already starting to piss people off by me humbly requesting to, you know, do something that you like. But, you know, now here we are, I've met the boss, you know, we have had a chat and, you know, God willing now, uh, my, my request is actually in process. So uh, anytime now they may call me in to let me know uh, whether I'm changing or not. So, you know, that's one of the things that I'm like, oh man, yeah, when you think, I believe Anthony's um, line just got um, stuck. So, um, sorry, Anthony. Hello, can you all hear me? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, thank you, Anthony, for um, that um, testimony again. Um, all this time you are actually going to the boss but with god god got the boss to you so i think that's how um god works you know what you were going for what you were going behind he bought that in front of you so praise god for that and praise god that you got the opportunity that you were looking for now on to joel for our special song so 
Joel for our special song. everyone has what they need other nations live in sickness where over here we die from jealousy it makes you chase what's not meant to be chased cause you've possessed it all along it comes to steal and hide what is real Comparison kills You spend all night admiring pictures And they make life look perfect as they should But you don't know the picture story And how long it took to make it good it makes you consider shoes you don't like But when that shoe doesn't fit Wear what you will Despite how they feel Comparison kills The grass was fine Till it looked greener on the other side Such a sweet voice. Thank you, Joel, for that beautiful special song. Uh, now on to our main uh, session. Um, so today's message is going to be delivered by Pastor Jonathan Holder. And he is a young pastor from the North England Conference. So hello, um, Pastor Jonathan, and thank you very much for um, joining us for today's Friday Night Live. Um, since we are um, running a bit short on time, um, if you could just introduce um, yourself so that we would get to know you better, please. Okay. Um, it's nice to be with you all. Um, my name is Jonathan Holder. 
I pastor in Leicester. So I've been living and pastoring in Leicester since 2014 now. Pastor two churches, um, Leicester St. Matthews and the Loughborough Church. And I have been married for two years yesterday. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Th that's great. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Pastor Jonathan. So we pray that God is with you as you deliver today's message. And I hope it falls on good grounds. So on to uh, Pastor Jonathan now for today's message. Thank you so much um, again for the, for the invitation. Uh, just on the invitation, this, to be perfectly honest, has been a long time coming. Um, just will tell you, I was actually checking through my phone earlier today. Um, and Shisha has been inviting me to come to speak because at Chelmsford since 2016. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So for four years, we've been trying to get this work, Shisha. I apologize, but it's taken so long. Um, but no, I'm really glad to be here. I just want to say, uh, yeah, thank you to your pastor, Pastor Melky, um, just for allowing me to come and share with you guys. And I guess even more than that, uh, I'm not surprised because Shisha, well, but, but Really impressed again by what you guys have done this Friday evening. Um, although I'm like here to speak and I'm thinking about my message as well. It's just been a pleasure to, to be with you, to take part in your service, just, just and to see how you, you were doing it um, as, as a youth. And I know Tisha was saying you guys do kind of one Friday every month and it's, yeah, it's really good. So just keep it up guys, because it's been a pleasure so far. So we're gonna get straight into it. And I want to um, talk to you this evening from the Gospel of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Um, I was told that really the theme of what you're working with generally on Friday nights is lift up Jesus. And that can be anything and everything, but th this, this has been a passage that I've been thinking about recently. And I think it says, yeah, something key about Jesus and, and there's something key about how we can lift up Jesus. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It says this, and I'll be reading from the New Revised Standard Version. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Lord, in these few moments, we pray that you would just take the time to come by here and um, speak to us. We are so thankful that it's Friday and we're so thankful that we get to spend time with each other, but also with you. Um, help us to be the best time of the week for us. In your name I pray. Amen. So it's only really in getting married that my entertaining game has stepped up. Like I've always enjoyed having people over. But for me, the big thing when people came over was I wanted to make sure that there was good food and there was enough food. Like firstly, I didn't want people coming over and, and trying to you know, play Russian roulette with what they're eating, trying to work out, okay, can I take this or can I take that? Or is this going to be okay? And I didn't want people to go away hungry. 
Because that's the worst thing. When you go somewhere and you're there and you've been entertained by someone and you're thinking about leaving because you're hungry. But since getting married, I've realized or I've been taught by my wife that entertaining is a lot more than making sure there is good food and enough food. Firstly, you have to make sure your house is tidy. Now, I don't want you to get any ideas. I don't want you to be thinking um, that inviting people into my house and they're stepping into the house and they're kind of like, oh, can I step here? Is it okay to sit here? Like, it's nothing like that. And maybe, maybe tidy was the wrong word. When it comes to my wife and how she likes the house, well arranged is probably a better word. Like, everything has to be in its right place. And it has to be in that kind of place where people come into the house, they, they almost feel calmed by being in the house. Not that, that, not that things are just organ and that, and that there isn't any mess, but that the house is the kind of place where people are pleased to be. Case in point, the room I'm in right now. This room is my wife's office. Now, if it was my office, it would look slightly different, but because it's her office, she's taken a lot of care to make it the kind of place which is nice to look at, which is why I'm doing my stuff from in here now. Cost, of, cost us a bit of money, but that's a separate point. It's been worth it. Because literally every single time we've on Zoom meetings or something like that, whether it's been me or her, people have always commented, oh, that's a really, really nice room. In fact, it's got so bad that we had um, people over a couple of weeks ago when we were still allowed to and could. And someone came into our house, they literally stepped into the door and the first thing they were like is, oh, can I see the office? Like they came to our house and they've seen this room online so many times that they were just excited to see it in person. When it comes to hosting people, the first thing I've noticed or I've learned in being with my wife is that it has to be well arranged. Secondly, you've got to make sure you have enough food. Now, enough food doesn't mean that everybody gets something to eat in my house. It doesn't even mean that everybody has more than enough to eat and, and can have seconds. Enough food when it comes to hosting for us means that everybody can have enough to eat, have seconds, take food home, and we still have leftovers for about a week. That's how serious my wife is about making sure or, or how scared she is of running out of food. When we are hosting people, there is always too much food to the point where there are discussions between us of, you, you know, do we really need this much? And normally, well, not normally, all the time my wife runs out and I am end up eating leftovers for the week afterwards. So you've got to make sure the place is well arranged. You've got to make sure you've got enough food and you've got to make sure, and this was a big learning curve for me, that you're organised. It's not good enough to get up on the morning of people come around and go, oh, you know what? I've decided I'm gonna cook this, this and this. Let me run to the shop and get that stuff now. No, you need to have that, you need to have planned that stuff weeks ago. You need to have brought that stuff a good few days ago and made sure you've got everything you need. And knowing that you have to be, that you have to have your house well arranged, that you have to have enough food, that you have to be organized, hosting for us, takes a lot of resources. You've got to make sure that you have the financial capital to be able to host people. When it comes to Martha though, you wouldn't have needed to tell Martha any of that. Martha was an amazing host. 
In fact, she was such an amazing host that every time she pops up in the Bible, she pops up twice in the Gospel of John and once here in Luke, she's hosting people. In John, firstly, Jesus comes and she's got all these people around her house because her brother has died and, and she's hosting them and managing it. And then in the next chapter, she's there making a meal for Jesus and them, all her friends and family. And then here in Luke chapter 10, same thing. Martha is hosting people again. But on this occasion, hosting people, Martha is angry and Martha is right to be angry. When you look at the text, in verse 38, it says that Jesus and his disciples were passing through the village and they come to Martha's village and Martha invites them to her house. Now, it just shows the kind of level of host that she was because it's not just two or three people. This is 13 people at least. And Martha was just like, oh, you're coming through, come to my house. She doesn't need pre-warning. She doesn't need to work out a date months in advance that everything can work for everybody. She sees Jesus, she's like, oh, there's 13 of you. You're all men, you're all gonna be really hungry. No problem, come to my house. I've got you sorted. And so there was Martha at her house doing what she normally does, but she's angry because things aren't how they normally are. You see, normally for Martha, when it comes to hosting, she's in there and it's her and her sister tag team, just there together, working things out. That thing where you're in the kitchen and you're like, and you're slightly annoyed at the other person because they're getting in the way as you're trying to do stuff, but you recognize that you can't really shout at them because they're helping. And so there's, there's, there's this dance as, oh, can, can you excuse me as I get to this, or I need to get to the oven. Be able to pass me this, have you sorted that out? And this time Martha is just in the kitchen and she's not trying to stay out the way of Mary. She has all the space to herself. Martha can turn around and do what she likes. No one is getting in her way. And that's because her sister Mary is sitting where she shouldn't be, just there with Jesus, like she's any regular guest listening. And here is Martha trying to prepare all this food, trying to sort everything out, trying to keep everybody comfortable. And Mary isn't pulling her weight. In fact, it's really interesting because in this, passage, it talks about how Martha was stuck on serving. If you look at verse 40, in English, it says that Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? See that part where Martha says that my sister's left me to do all the work by myself. In the original languages, in the Greek, it's the word dear diaconian. And that word has come up a couple of times so far in Luke's gospel. It's come up in Luke chapter 4 verse 39. And in that passage, Jesus has just come from the temple. And he's come to Simon Peter's house. And Simon Peter's mother-in-law is sick. And Jesus raises her by the hand, dukes her fever, she gets well, and it says that she gets up and straight away she diaconians. She serves them. Later on in Luke chapter 8, verses 3, Jesus is talking about Jesus going through various villages. And as he's going through, he's going through with his disciples, with a group of women. And all these women were there. And what they were doing too was diaconian serving. So, so far in Luke, it is so clear that when it comes to women and Jesus, what they should be doing is serving. Martha knows that. 
which is why she gets so angry with Mary because she's doing what she should be doing and Mary isn't doing anything. That's why when you look at the passage after Martha comes to Jesus, she speaks so authoritatively, authoritatively to him. She comes to Jesus and she says to him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work all by myself? Now it sounds like a question, but it's not a question. It's more just a rhetorical statement because of what Martha says next. She says straight away, after asking the question, no waiting for Jesus to respond, she goes straight into, tell her then to help me. If you think about it, that's not really asking a question. If you wanna ask a question, what normally happens is you will say what you have to say and then you wait for an answer. There are some times though, when to make a point, you may ask a question and then you say what you have to say. Normally it happens in arguments. Like there'll be times when you'll be talking to, to someone and you're upset with them what they were doing. And you'll say to them, do you think what you did was smart? Obviously you don't, because if you did, blah, 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 blah. There are times when we ask questions and we don't mean it as a question. And here is Martha speaking like this to Jesus because she's angry and she's right. Mary is in the wrong place. She shouldn't be where she is. She shouldn't be sitting down, listening to Jesus, acting like that. This is where she should be. She should be with Martha, helping to serve. In fact, to put it another way, you know how it feels. Whether you're at school or uni or work or whatever, wherever you find yourself in life, one thing which annoys everybody is when you're meant to be part of a team, but there are people who aren't pulling their weight. So you've got this project that you've got to do, or you've got this thing you've got to get organized for work. And there are maybe three or four of you who are meant to be working on it, and it's just you who's doing most of it. Everybody's there, they may like throw in an idea here or there, but they're not trying to do any serious work. And you get annoyed and frustrated. That's exactly how Martha is feeling. And Martha was right to be feeling that way because Mary was in the wrong place. It's crazier even when you think about the situation from Mary's perspective. Because when you look at Luke 10, 38 to 42, you notice one very significant thing. Luke doesn't say that Martha invited, Martha and Mary invited Jesus to their house. Luke says that Martha invited Jesus and his disciples to her house. Now, if you were paying attention, you notice that there was one character who was never mentioned so far, and that's Mary. Mary wasn't, to be, wasn't said to be living with Martha, and she wasn't even on the guest list. Mary just turns up. And it's there sitting down, listening to Jesus like it's the perfect place for her to be. And what's really interesting is that when Luke is talking about Mary sitting at Jesus's feet, it's not just a statement of location, it's a statement of vocation. What Luke is trying to say is that what Mary is doing is what disciples do. She's not sitting at Jesus's feet just because she likes it there. She's sitting at Jesus' feet because that's where disciples sit. If you go on later um, in Luke's second book, in the book of Acts, there's a man called Paul, 
And Paul becomes a big Christian leader. And there's one time where he's talking about his past. And he talks about how when he was younger, he used to sit at the feet of Gamaliel. Now, Paul isn't saying that Gamaliel had nice feet and he wanted to sit there. What Paul's saying is that he was Gamaliel's student, that he really appreciated how Gamaliel thought about God and what he did. And so he sat there and he learned from them. In fact, it's, this, it's the same term we use today. If you see somebody who is doing something really, really well and you're impressed with how they do it, you may say, or it may have even been said to you if you're so lucky, can I just sit at your feet? Can I just learn from you exactly how you do this? Because the way you do it is so impressive that I want to learn to do it like you. And that's exactly what Mary is doing. She's there sitting at Jesus's feet and it's the position of discipleship. And in case you missed it, even with her sitting at Jesus's feet, what Luke says about Mary listening is also a term of discipleship. Earlier on in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus had talked about how those who listened to him were like people who had built their houses on rocks. In fact, a few verses before in Luke 10, 24, Jesus says to his disciples that there are people who have desired to see what they see and to hear what they hear but they didn't get a chance to. Prophets and kings wanted to be in the position of discipleship. And so here we have Mary sitting in a place which everybody knew wasn't for women. At that time and in that society, women weren't meant to be disciples. That wasn't their job. They had specific roles. And as we discovered, their role was serving. And here's Mary sitting down, listening to Jesus when she shouldn't be. In fact, it's not only them that people have had an issue with women in learning. In 1887, in, on the 21st of May, Friday the 21st of May, 1887, there was a riot in Cambridge. Now, there was a riot in Cambridge because on that day, they were voting on whether women should be allowed to receive degrees from Cambridge. Women were allowed to study at Cambridge. They had a specific college for themselves back in 1887. But even though they could study at Cambridge, when they finished, they didn't get a degree. They got some other kind of certificate because at that time for Cambridge, they thought, you know, women don't deserve to get degrees. But what had happened around the society and around that time, there were other universities who had begun to give women degrees. And so it came up at Cambridge, should we do this? And it drove people mad. What, was, what, what happened is that there was going to be this big vote and basically all former graduates were allowed to vote. All alumni were allowed to come and to vote and to, and to have their say on whether women should be allowed to get degrees from Cambridge. It was so bad that the Times newspaper published the train times from King Cross in London to Cambridge for that day for any graduate who wanted to make sure that they could get there on time to vote. And maybe if you were taking that journey from London to Cambridge and you took the train, when you got to the station, there were undergraduate students there waiting to pick you up, having their horses and buggies, and they would shuttle you into their buggies, take you straight to the place where you could vote, making sure you got to have your say. 
And at the end of the day, when the votes were counted, 1,771 people voted against women being allowed to have degrees and only 661 people voted for. It was another 50 years before a woman could officially be awarded a degree from Cambridge University. Because even for us, we know where women should be. We still have those issues in thinking about it and talking about it and saying, is this really the appropriate place? Is this really the right place? Some of us may even look at Mary and go, doesn't she know that she really should be in the kitchen? And so in the end, Martha's had enough. She storms out because Martha's right and Mary's being rude. What is Jesus up to? Why hasn't he said anything? So Martha comes to Jesus and she says to Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? Lord, don't you care that my sister is in the wrong place? Martha doesn't have time to talk to Mary about it anymore. She's tried to grab her attention. She's tried to point out she's tried to be subtle about it and Mary's just been ignoring her looking at Jesus so she goes straight to the person who can make a difference and she knows what Jesus is going to say because she says tell her to help me tell her that this isn't the place for you that sitting at Jesus's feet isn't something you should be doing that you have other things you should be getting on and although Martha was right and what Mary was doing was rude. When Jesus speaks, it changes everything. Because Jesus looks at Martha and he says to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried about so many things. In fact, Jesus says to her exactly in verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. And you can almost see Martha relax a little bit because unlike Mary, Jesus has been paying attention. Jesus sees what she was having to go through. Jesus sees how stressed she was. And now Jesus is about to tell Mary that she needs to help with Martha's worry and distraction. She needs to take some of these plates out of Martha's hands and just enable her to concentrate on fewer things. But then Jesus says, in verse 41, no, verse 42, there is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Martha was there seeing that Jesus cared, seeing that he paid attention and expecting her, him to agree with her. And then Jesus praises Mary. Jesus says that Mary, who is in the wrong place, who is trying to be a disciple, who is sitting there listening to Jesus when everybody in the room knows that's not where women should be. Jesus praises her, says she's doing the right thing. In fact, Jesus goes beyond that. What Jesus is saying is that listening to him is the right place for everybody. 
Listening to him is the right place for everyone. What he's saying to Martha is first, firstly, Mary is exactly where she should be. And not only is she exactly where she should be, but I am going to make sure that nobody can move her from here. I'm not going to let anybody get in the way. I'm not going to let anybody pull her away. There is nothing more important that Mary could be doing than listening to me. And by that same token, Martha is invited to take a seat. Jesus says, I see what you're doing, Martha. I see that you're worried and distracted by so many things. I see that you've got so many things on your mind, but there is one thing that you need to do. There is one thing that is vitally important, and that's listening to me. The rest of it doesn't really matter. It's interesting because so many times, we can feel that maybe it, it isn't appropriate for someone to hear Jesus. That there are other things that needs to be done. That there are other things which, which they need to get on with. And we can sometimes get in the way of people actually listening to Jesus, of, of people being able to hear Jesus. Sometimes we, we say to them stuff like, well, you know what? Get this and this sorted and, and then you're good to come to Jesus. Make sure you do this and that, then you come to Jesus. Or uh, make sure that you are in the right way. If you've not done these things, don't come to Jesus. Or maybe it's just not the right place for you now. But what Jesus is clearly saying is don't ever think that it's inappropriate for somebody to be listening to him. Don't ever think that it's wrong for somebody to be spending time with him. Don't ever think that there's anything better to be doing. We never really find out how Martha responds. We don't know if Martha smiled, kind of sighed and just sat down next to Mary. Maybe said, Jesus, you know what, to tell the truth, I overheard some of it, but can you explain that bit again? I missed what you said here. We don't know if Martha said, well, Jesus, you don't have to be polite. It's okay. No one's going to be embarrassed. And in fact, Mary needs to be embarrassed. You can tell the truth. You are among friends. It's okay. You don't have to say that. You can tell Mary that she needs to get up and go. We don't know if Martha just stormed back to the kitchen, throwing pots and pans around, muttering under her breath. And the reason we don't know is because this isn't a story about Mary and Martha. This is a story about me and you. It's a story about us. To phrase it another way, what do you think you would be doing if Jesus came to your house? Do you think you would find yourself rushing around, trying to make sure everything was perfect, trying to sort it all out because you are having the greatest guest you have ever had in your house and therefore you need to make sure that everything is all right, that he's got the best meals, that everything is well arranged and well organized and that it's a place where Jesus can relax, that you're trying to make sure that there's enough food because who wants Jesus to come to their house and go hungry? to make sure that, that you were organized, that you planned it out, that Jesus isn't looking and thinking, man, they really didn't put that much effort into this. That you had enough resources that Jesus could say, yes, 
this person really, really respects me? Or would you find yourself listening to Jesus, spending time with him, hearing what he has to say? Do you find yourself more working for Jesus or listening to Jesus? Both are important, but the truth of the matter is you can't really work properly if you've not spent the time to listen. If you've not spent the time to hear what Jesus wants, if you're not in that kind of place where you know what Jesus is asking, what kind of work are you doing for him? But the truth of the matter is that we never really host Jesus. When it comes to Jesus and us, he always hosts us. He's the one who makes sure that everything is well arranged. That when we come into his presence, that we have this peace where we are just overwhelmed by just how nice everything is, how calming it is to be with Jesus. There is always enough for us. Jesus is organized beyond our wildest dreams and his resources never run out. When it comes to us and Jesus, listening to Jesus is the right place for everybody. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. In fact, one person thinking about this text and writing about this text put it in this way, and I just really love how they put it. He says, to the disciples, Jesus says, sit at my feet and devour my teaching. There is no more important meal. Sit at my feet and devour my teaching. There is no more important meal. Because listening to Jesus is the right place for everybody. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much, Pastor Jonathan, for that um, deep insight into uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. And indeed, it does say, um, as per your message today, I think one thing that I could conclude from your message was the fact that how even Jesus gave importance to the gospel and to the words that he was saying, what he was um, speaking to people instead of actually him being served or the house being clean or instead of serving dishes to everyone that was there, um, Jesus kind of showed what was really important and what was important was actually um, listening to what he had to say. And uh, really, thank you very much for um, sharing that insight of that story, um, of that Bible verse with us today. Thank you very much for your presence. Um, now on to our closing song. Uh, by Mikey and Stephen, and they will be, will let us all sing together in moments like these. Join me as we now sing in moments like these. In moments like these, we sing our love song. To Jesus, in moments like these.
So thank you very much, Mikey and Stephen, for that um, beautiful song. I suppose the only thing I would like to conclude um, from today's uh, message is verse 41, Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. Uh, but few things are needed or indeed only one. And there is a footnote to that which says, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So the word of Jesus, the scripture, the gospel, it will never be. That's the only thing that you need to sustain your life um, and it won't be taken away from you. So I think it, thank, um, it just emphasizes on the importance of gospel and the importance of Jesus teachings and words in our lives so as we close today thank you everyone for attending um friday night live and our closing prayer will be done by sanjana good evening everyone i hope you're all blessed with the message so could we all um, do the evening prayer now let's pray dear jesus thank you for this um, lovely message they've given for us and um, Friday Vespers and help us all to apply this to our daily lives. Let us not get caught up with the worldly things, but spend time with Jesus, sit with, sit by his feet and listen to the gospel and the scriptures. And thank you for this lovely day they've given us. 
Help us to have a lovely Sabbath tomorrow and apply this in our daily lives and bless all the Chelmsford youth and everyone that's here today. Thank you for everything they've done for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sanjana. And um, just a few announcements as we um, close for today. Um, tomorrow, church starts at 9.30 a.m. and we'll have Bible in verse from 10.15 a.m. onwards. Please do join either via Zoom or via YouTube Live and stay in touch with us. Follow us on Instagram or visit our website www.chemsfordsda.org.uk and if you have any questions, you can email us on chemsfordsdayouth at gmail.com. Thank you everyone for attending and wish you all a very happy and blessed Sabbath.